0: the thesis of this standard. The role of science education is not to teach all the facts, but rather to prepare students with enough core knowledge and, I want you to notice how much of this is in orange text, to develop their ability to interpret claims and evidence so that they can begin to be informed consumers of information that is of interest to them. Notice that in my mind, more than half of the emphasis of the science standard uh, revision is on process, not on content. Now, I think that's an interesting point. So my question would be, how are we doing with that? How are we doing with process? Well, I'm going to go where I go for most of my social commentary, and that is Calvin and Hobbes. And I know the print is small, so I'll read this little comic for you. Calvin is taking a test. The test says, When did the Pilgrims land at Plymouth Rock? 1620, he writes. And then he goes on, in typical Calvin fashion, to say, As you can see, I've memorized this utterly useless fact long enough to pass a test question. I now intend to forget it forever. You've taught me nothing except how to cynically manipulate the system. Congratulations. And then, with his little grin, They say the satisfaction of teaching makes up for the lousy pay. A lot of people will say the problem with science education is that pedagogically all we do is we teach facts. We recite, they memorize, they spit them back, they forget them, that's it, that's our problem. And I'm not going to say that that's not perhaps part of the problem. But I don't think it's the whole problem. And I think we're missing a really important piece. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about. Um, I don't know how many in the room are familiar with the Washington Post. I happen to be from Virginia, so I'm very familiar with the Washington Post. June 27th of this year, there was an op-ed piece entitled, Not Blinded by Science, but Ideology. And if you'll permit me, I want to read to you the lead paragraph from this editorial. Keep in mind what we're talking about. What is the problem with science education, if there is one? Oh, if I can see this in the dark without my glasses. Whenever controversies arise that pit scientists against segments of the U.S. public, the evolution debate, or the fight over vaccinations, a predictable dance seems to unfold. On the one hand... The non-scientists appear almost entirely impervious to scientific data. They don't care about the facts. And they are prone to arguing back with technical claims that are of dubious merit. In response, the scientists shake their heads and lament if only the public weren't so ignorant. We've been aware for a long time that Americans don't know much about science. Surveys that measure the public's views on evolution climate change, and the Big Bang. And even the idea that the Earth revolves around the sun yield a huge gap, now listen to this, between what science tells us and what the public believes. A fact-belief split. And a lot of us would say, well, what does belief have to do with science? Science is all about the facts. It's about what the scientific process brings to us as a product. Well, there's a gentleman named William Coburn. I don't know if any of you are familiar with William Coburn. His story is important. He has a PhD in science education, and he spent five years in Nigeria developing science curriculum. And he realized very quickly that cultural traditions of nomadic groups made a big difference in how they learned science. And in fact, he went so far as to dedicate the rest of his professional career to investigating science as a second culture. I want to show you uh, forgive the long quote. I'll read it and then things get quicker. This is by William Coburn. Science educators are often at a loss to explain why some students fail to develop orthodox scientific conceptions even after the best of instruction. It is not that the students fail to understand what is being taught, that is, comprehension. They simply do not believe. He calls this comprehension without apprehension. And if you are a science educator, you are well familiar with this. He goes on to say, thus, there are occasions when the careful epistemological explication of a concept Okay, your best teaching is not sufficient to bring about learning instruction must also include a discussion of the metaphysical foundations that support epistemology so my question today is this should we be teaching courses about science itself as opposed to scientific content? And should that kind of course be required? I think of civics. I think of government, right? We require civics in eighth grade, government in twelfth grade. Why? Because we live in a democratic society, and we believe it's important for students to understand the system that they're living within, and how they should vote, and why they should vote, and those sorts of things. We don't ask them to memorize the 100 senators sitting in the building two and a half miles down the road. We don't ask them what is House Bill 63-82. We teach them process. And I find it really interesting that in science a lot of times we don't do that. I think we try. And I think we embed it. And I think that's our goal. But I think we can do it better. And so what I'd like to talk about is a course that I teach. And it's a course about science. And I want to give you a very quick overview of it. I don't know how much time I have left. Three? You're kidding. Okay, there's going to be a super quick overview. I break it into four units. The first two are the most important. Okay. We teach we, me, the presuppositions, the purpose, and the nature of science. Now you can see these. The cultural context of science, the content the integration of faith and science. Yes, I teach at a biblical university. I can't do without this last one. I think in a secular setting, this is also appropriate. And we can talk a lot more about that later. Let's hit this presupposition idea. Presuppositions, you all have them, I have them. And if you've never heard of them or talked about them, then you haven't really talked a lot about worldview. Worldviews are based on presuppositions. And they are basic foundational assumptions about the world, but you rarely talk about them, you rarely articulate them, you rarely examine them, and you almost never prove them, because we understand prove is really not the word that we use. Okay? When we talk in science about this presupposition, I ask the students to try to come up with these on their own. It's hysterical. They have no idea. They don't even know their own presuppositions. The natural world operates according to consistent, regular, universal interactions between matter and energy. Think about that. This last one is questionable now, right? Relativity, quantum mechanics sort of does away with universal. Why should this be so? Science is predicated upon this presupposition and many others. Can I tell you for a Christian student to put this on the wall and to say to them, why should this be? What do all of them say? God made it, He is consistent. It displays him as creator. Suddenly, they're looking at science with this one idea in a whole new way. It's not my enemy. It's not out to disprove God my word. It's based on something that flows from my biblical theology. We talk about purpose. We diffuse a lot of myths here. Okay? If I hear from my students after our first time together, evolution is just a theory they're invited to walk out the back door. Okay, we, we don't do that. We talk about the nature of science, what science is and what scientists are. This needs a lot more explanation, and I probably now have one-and-a-half minutes. There's a ton of research literature on this, and it's also in a paper, which I would be happy to give you. Okay? This is basically the sociology of science. How do scientists do their work? When students realize that science is not absolute. It's okay for a scientist to revise a theory or change their mind. Suddenly, their understanding of science changes. Okay. The cultural context of science. Is science influenced by culture and does it impact culture? Absolutely. Now, these are some of the examples that we use, the obvious one, but some that are subtle. We deal with pseudoscience. We deal with unethical methodologies as a result of cultural constraints on what we expect you to find. Could the Tuskegee study have been done on white men for 42 years? Probably not. And if you don't know what the Tuskegee study is, African-American men who had syphilis were knowingly not treated, although they didn't know it, just to see how syphilis would run its course. Okay? We look at modern examples. We look at the content. Now, notice, this is not just a philosophy of science class. This is not just a sociology class. This is not just an overview class, although I pick I topics pers- um, on purpose because they're going to rock a Christian kid's world. Okay? We talk about the Big Bang. Periodic law doesn't rock their world too much, but it's fascinating. Okay? Play tectonics. Then we hit faith and science, and we hit these in an interdisciplinary way. Interpretations of Genesis, Bible props come in. Um, scientific evidence for an older earth, that's me. Paleoanthropology, that's our anthropology prof. Again, theology profs. Okay? This is in a science class. Notice what we're doing. We're getting at the fundamental presuppositions, the philosophy. We're getting at the belief part. Why can you learn it but not believe it? Because you don't understand it, science, as a process, as a methodology for learning. You don't understand it. You just know a bunch of facts. And they don't make sense in your worldview. so let's help them make sense in your worldview. Does it work? Yes. All the statistics are in a paper, which I'd be happy to give you if you would like to see it. Statistically significant changes occur in the student's understanding of the nature of science. It increases. Their affective attitudes towards science, they become more positive. These are statistically significant findings, pre- and post-testing students in this course. <clears throat> this is not one that I bring before our provost or board, um, sometimes, unless they really ask. They, their acceptance of young earth position statements decrease and their acceptance of scientific statements supporting old earth or evolutionary creation increase. I'm not out to undermine their faith. And if you listened to Dan the Slammerer yesterday, it's sort of the same idea. I have a position. I don't share that position with my students till the very last day. I want them to be able to do this, to take a position that they hold, and out of 170 students, 123 identified themselves with a young Earth creation position at the start of this class. At the end of class, 41% had changed their position. Now, I want you to think about that. These are kids from backgrounds where they have never thought about the scientific evidence. They believed what they'd always been taught. I feel like this is important. I feel like they comprehended... And they apprehended. They began to say, wow, if science is all this, and it works, and it finds valuable information, yet my worldview over here has not allowed that in. What do I do with that? How do I wrestle with that? And most of these 41% changed to, I'm uncertain now. I'm willing to talk more about this. For me, in my role with college sophomores, that's a huge step. What do I recommend? I recommend this is a policy conference. I recommend that we think about requiring a course like this. I really don't know why we don't. And I would love to see if the ASA could get involved. Could we collect some syllabi? I'm sure a lot of you are doing things very similar to this, maybe not a whole course but maybe part of a course. Could we put some syllabi together? Could we start a dialogue about this kind of a class? Okay, well, that was really fast.
1: Questions? When you ask a question, would you first first introduce yourself? Uh, uh, Matthew Holston from at the University of Texas Classroom. I'm curious whether your class is for non-science majors, <coughs> late, or for both, and do you think those would require different classes?
0: Um it's only for non science majors because we don't have science majors. Um, we have a lot of professional programs. We train pastors, missionaries, teachers. Um, we have MBA programs, but we don't have science degrees. I think it would be appropriate, even more so, for scientists who can get very enmeshed in facts and their own specialty. Yeah, I think it would be appropriate. Carl, from North University. Um, how do you deal
1: with? In
0: this Help me with Eugenie Scott's definition. I know Eugenie Scott, but in terms of evolution. Of yeah. Natural, uh, right. Uh,
1: it, it goes something like... Uh, science requires testing of explanations against the empirical world mm-hmm. and requires explanation through only natural causes. Mm-hmm. She's stacking
0: Mm -hmm. Um, in this class we don't have an objection to that definition in fact we talk about science focusing on the natural world we do a very interesting case study about can you scientifically study the effects of prayer which is a very interesting question you can you can scientifically study the the outcome can you control the variable prayer and so it kind of I really want these students to understand that science is not out to disprove God. Science really doesn't say anything about God. Scientists do. People make philosophical conclusions, but the process of science is out to look at the natural world. So don't get offended when um, it's not including, well, God had a hand in this. That's not its role. That's not what it's intending to try to do. Very. And it helps them.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, ASA uh, long, long time. In
0: Not it's surprising so if you read as... you
1: know, his second. I think, in terms of the you, you contextualize your audience, how this course works. I think a lot of the Christian colleges think that it's very similar. They do both for majors at a level and for non majors outside of that context. But in high school and teaching majors anywhere, these kinds of questions. I think the problem, basically, is that so many scientists and the people who control high school scientific education don't seem to come to terms with that. The of science is really some danger. So when you want to do some of the real good things, mm-hmm. doing, you have to do less science complex. So say, a scientist cannot right. do it correctly. Like just adding one out the So uh, I think this is a decision that only the science professionals can you know, ultimately make. People in the sciences are teaching it. Are you going to advise your senior student to take that 19th course for every your discipline and major or that one course that might not be as cool? That's the bottom line question. That so you go up and believe these things, buy into it practice taking a little bit of your own
0: content field out of that education that your students I I agree. It is an issue, right? And that's, that's why I would love to see this become something we do apart from trying to squeeze it in with content. So, I, I agree. Thank you
1: very much. Thank you. you to do quickly. There's a long body of literature about this, by the way, in regards to K-12 education and nature of science...